0: Welcome to Headshots by Peggy Presents, a weekly podcast designed to encourage, inspire, and educate people in the industry. Our host, Peggy, is the most industry-savvy headshot photographer I know. She shares insights and interviews top industry professionals. New episodes every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Welcome to Headshots by Peggy Presents. I'm Peggy, and we have Billy Cowart with us today. And as you know, I'm a huge fan, and we are going to have a great time great
1: good to be here
0: (laughs) i'm so glad that you are back to hang out with us billy um it's been a while huh it's it's been a while this whole COVID thing um distancing thing is is rough because i feel like i miss i miss all the cool people that i know so
1: i know well hopefully we'll be back soon a lot of this stuff you know i've made a lot of changes that i think are probably going to continue on i I like not driving as much that's kind of nice and I, I that found I'm,
0: that when we do have to go somewhere, like, somewhere, like just one little errand, I come home and I'm like totally exhausted. <laughs> I'm like, we used to go like, oh, go to Hollywood and come back and go to Santa Monica and do this and do ah. that. And now it's like, I went to the store, I need a nap.
1: Right. <laughs> like maybe I was always exhausted then, I just didn't notice.
0: <laughs> Not my be it it it. So Right,
1: yeah. But, and also, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I can't imagine casting directors going back. Um, uh, I mean, how much money are they saving on renting space? Um, and you know, like I'll go to auditions, and you know, be one person do, dealing with you in the waiting room, and another person, and half the time they're in different states. You know, like yeah. I, I think, uh, and agents too. I think a lot of them are moving to different spots. Don't really necessarily need to be here. So, um, well, we'll see what happens. See we'll what see happens. what
0: happens. Yeah, I know. Um, I know you hear. You know, you hear both sides of it all of a sudden you do a great self-tape and then you get on set and they didn't realize that that took you 75 takes to get your self tape and now they're stuck with you. (laughs) Um, But I mean, they'll they'll figure it out. I can't imagine it going back to the way it used to be because just all the money that it's saving this way. And
1: and I mean,
0: not having to drive to auditions all day, I think everybody's kind of likes that? I mean, I know people miss the in-person auditions, but the driving part of it.
1: I went to, yeah, I, I uh, for film and TV, I find I like better doing Zoom. Uh, and for commercial, I like more being in the room. Because uh, it's, the commercials tend to be a little more improvisational. Uh, you know, and I, I refer to commercials as extreme short form sitcoms. Um, you know, and so they get a better sense of your timing when you're in the room. and. Uh, so I, I do miss that. Um, I went to one audition in person about, I think it was in January or February. And it was funny cause there were like five or six of us at 200 South Albrea. Place places empty, just crickets. It's like five of us and everybody walked in the room and everybody had this stunned look on their face. And we all started comparing notes and everybody had gotten lost or missed their exit or thought they had gone to, you know, like one guy, two people went to the wrong place. and. In, we were just so out of practice going to these places that we go week after week after week that everyone got lost. It was really funny.
0: That's really funny. That's, that's actually hilarious. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's funny to me, like how, um, I go to a butcher that's in, in Hollywood and I was driving there and I was like, I remember this place. Like, I remember being around here. <laughs> it's, and all these new buildings and, it's, uh, it's, it looks so different when it's not packed with people and traffic yeah. and it's like, oh, but it's starting to come back. The traffic's back. So yeah.
1: Why'd that come back first? I,
0: I don't know. that was literally the first thing that came back, I think. I'm like, people aren't even to work. Where where's all this traffic? But yeah. <laughs> so uh, you how many commercials have you done? Like how many? Uh, do you even know.
1: know? No. I don't know. I mean, I've had uh I've I've always, it seems like I've had one on the air, you know, without a break for probably the last 10 to 15 years.
0: I mean, I believe it. That is crazy. As
1: as many as four at a time. Um, It's good. You know, like it's a, you, you, you don't work as many days, but it's pays the bills.
0: (laughs) I think, I think commercial, commercials, like, you know, anybody that stuffs their nose at a commercial is crazy because oh, I think, A, they're fun, like, <laughs> and B, they pay really well.
1: Yeah. A lot of these crews, too, uh, you know, like you get into these these groups, like when I did the Progressive commercial, they've done over 200 commercials together and they've got lots of money. So they, they literally don't even have to say stuff. You know, the second AD never yells. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's like those long running TV shows because it literally is like, well, they've done 250 episodes of, you know, Flow or whatever. So uh, yeah, that's like a, a tightly oiled machine. And they're a lot of fun. Most of the stuff I do is funny. So they, they hire a lot of improv actors and nobody ever wants to go back to their trailer because you know you're sitting around watching funny people. It's like a free show for 15 hours. Funny. <laughs> is, I love you know, the Super Bowl ad. All of the, I did the Super Bowl ad with um, all of the Bud Light legends, which I, I made legend status, I guess, from my little thing a couple years ago.
0: I thought you were legend status already, oh, but goodness. Bud Light made it official. <laughs> Billy Cowart is a legend. Um, well, What's funny
1: is everybody in that had booked a major campaign. And so you had all these really funny people that had, you know, been there, you know, like, I love you, man. And the, yes, I am. And all those guys, um, you know, medieval people and dilly dillies. And uh, so that was, and, and then, you know, Post Malone and Cedric were hilarious and wonderful. But yeah, like you, sometimes you get in these environments and it's just, you know, a day on the set is like a week in your regular life. So uh, I, I consider work days, vacation days, you know, <laughs>
0: exactly <laughs> that's where the fun happens, happens. yeah I like i
1: watch the show say my words
0: that's so funny
1: you know what I thought I'd do today is um I have a lot of tricks for big uh booking commercials and I actually put it got it down pretty much to a science um and actually let's see can let's see if I can share my screen oh will you let me share my screen I, I will let
0: you share your screen
1: I'll pull something up that, so we can kind of go through really quickly.
0: Does that, did that allow you to share it? Did I do uh, it?
1: Yes, it did. Perfect. Okay. So this is what I want to show. So this is uh, the two types of psychology that advertisers use when they're writing commercials. And I find that for, for me, the most part is like once I understand the copy, it's very simple. It's very quick. You know, like I know what they're selling. I know how to sell it. Let me go in there and show you how to do this. And usually it's, it goes well, uh, so, but a lot of people read copy and they go like, why am I saying that? So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go through this, the two types of psychology that they use. And then I, I just grabbed a set of a, a random commercial and I'll show you how to apply it. So okay. the first kind of commercial is uh, the classical conditioning commercial. And that's like Pavlov's dog, you know? You have the ring a bell every time you feed him and you ring a bell every time you feed him. And then eventually you ring a bell and the dogs will salivate unconsciously even though there's not food in front of them. And so they do this a lot with beer commercials, uh, you know, beautiful, sexy people and beer. You know, they're not telling you that it tastes better, that it's better for you or got more alcohol in it or whatever, they're just going, you just see like beautiful people, beer, and you go like, I want to be a beautiful person, I'll drink a beer, which usually makes everybody else more beautiful, but not necessarily you. Um, And the other kind of side of that is the bad feelings, no product. And IBM used to do this a lot, where they'd be like, you know, oh no, we're in trouble, what are we gonna do? And it's like, that's when you realize you need IBM business solutions or, yeah. Okay, um, and that's the simple one. And all commercials have classical conditioning in them, uh, but there's a more complicated type of psychology called operant conditioning. And uh, I first learned about this in college when I had to teach a, a rat to press a little bar to get water. It took about three weeks. Um, and so basically what they do in these commercials is, they present a problem and then they present the product as a solution to that problem. Um, within the commercial, there is a person who needs help, there's a person who helps, there's a person illuminating the problem, not eliminating the problem, but illuminating the problem, and there's a person who sometimes, sometimes is the problem. So um, now, the, you, w- as you go in as an actor, sometimes you will be multiple things. Like you might be the person who's helping and also illuminating the problem. You could also be the person who is needs help and is illuminating the problem. Um, this becomes really important because if you're the person helping, you represent the product. And so generally speaking, you will not be a jerk or irritating or anything like that. Um, if you are the person who needs help, you're representing the audience. And so again, you don't wanna be you know, irritating or a jerk or whatever. Um, if you are illuminating the problem and or are the problem, Knock yourself out. <laughs> those are often those are a lot of fun. Um, a great example of a person who is the problem would be Mayhem. Uh, one of the insurance companies has a character called Mayhem,
0: who right.
1: you know creates the problem. Uh, okay, so um, this is basically the formula. Now, once you've got this formula, and you go through it. The, the The way that I do this is since everything has classical conditioning in it, I go and do operant conditioning, try to fit it into that model. And if it doesn't fit, then I go, okay, it's classical conditioning. Is it good feelings in product or bad feelings and no product? Um, So here's what we'll do. I'm going to switch. I'm going to switch to a different uh, thing so we can see the copy. So this is a dental commercial, 1-800-DENTIST. All right, so the right dentist. We're in a park on the plaza in the day. Fred, who is our spokesperson, who would be the person helping. is in the frame delivers to line directly to camera it's never been easier to find a dentist watch there's a girl who walks into frame on her phone and the girl says dentist right uh dots pop out of her screen showing overwhelming results fred sees them glances at the girl okay now you have to figure out which one takes your insurance the girl's taking it back and how many dots of those disappear but it's still left which one's the best Fred, now a dentist you trust and feel comfortable going to. So the girl's like, Ugh. I know, at one 800 we've helped over 8 million people find the right dentist. Why waste your time? With one finger, red creates a dot on the screen and darts towards the girl's cell phone. Happy to connect with the dentist. The girl walks out of frame. Fred's looks a camera. People who call us end up loving their dentist. So don't put it off, call us today. Okay, so the first thing I do is go like, are they presenting a problem? and a solution. So what would you say the problem is?
0: There's too many dentists to choose from. You don't know which one you should pick.
1: Right, it's so instead of a needle in a haystack, it's like a needle in a needle stack. Um, So you got to figure out, okay, so their solution is 1-800-DENTIST. You call them and they'll go, oh, here, let me ask you a few questions and we'll give you one or two, three possibilities and then it makes you don't have to waste all your time. Um, So we have a person, the person who needs help, obviously is the girl. Um, the person who is helping is Fred, uh, the person illuminating the problem is Fred. There isn't anybody in here who is the problem. So this is perfect operant conditioning model. So now I know if I'm going in for Fred, that I have to be trustworthy, endearing, you know, uh, approachable, relaxed. Uh, and then if the, I was obviously, I wouldn't be going in for the girl, but if you were going in for the girl, girls, Um, the, the things that you need to do is like, first of all, you need to experience the frustration and overwhelm, and then you're going to take this journey, like my rat did of going from not knowing anything to knowing something and going from distress to being happy and satisfied. Does that make sense? Yeah. And this is very powerful psychology. This is a, you know, they're, they're convincing you of stuff that isn't true. So you'll buy stuff you don't need with money you don't have. And so they have to use pretty powerful psychology. Um, so the next thing that I do after I figured the commercial out, I go, I'm Fred or whatever it is, and this is critical. In the operant conditioning model, there's something called a button. And a button is the bum bum psh at the end. And you'll see this with almost all of the funny commercials. Uh, Flo always has a funny thing to say at the end, or Jamie always has something funny to say at the end. Um, you know, um, there's always some little thing that gets thrown out. What, actors who haven't booked commercial before, the main thing you need to understand is when you're watching those commercials, the buttons that you see are usually not in the script when you go into audition. They're made up on the spot, either by the actor. Um, a lot of times this is, this is the Judd Apatow directing method is what a lot of the directors do now. Which they just have a stack of paper with one, one-liners and you'll be standing there and they'll just yell stuff out and for you to say, and you just say, what they just keep saying all these random things and eventually they pick up whatever's funniest. But going into the audition, they need to understand that you have the timing. And so when I'm in the lobby or when I'm waiting to audition, all I do after that point is write buttons until I go in. And I will usually have you do it twice. So you gotta have a minimum of two buttons. I usually have three. So for Fred, uh, at the end of this, people call us into beloved near Dennis. So don't put it off, call us today. And then I would maybe do a like a, looking for a dentist. Hey, can I talk to you, you know, or, uh, <laughs> you know, like, um, hmm, I need to go to the dentist or you know, whatever. So you cover these little lines. For the girl, her button is going to, is going to be right after it says she's happy now that she's connected with a dentist and walks off frame. Right before you walk off as the girl, you should say something like, oh, teeth, you can thank me tomorrow. Or <laughs> oh, it's my smile's already improving, you know, something like that. And what that does is that it it'll, it creates a little click and a bump, 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 and then um, the uh, that's generally what'll get you the callback. So that's- this that is the most important thing about booking commercials is those two things that I just did: understanding copy and having buttons ready. That's it. That's it. You're done you can go and book your commercials we, now
0: we did it you go book some commercials i want to see your face on the on my tv dang it that is, that's really good the thing i like the most about you is that you approach acting in a psychologic psychological way you yeah. always like i mean because it is i mean if you think about just the subtle things and when you understand human nature yeah. and I mean commercials are manipulating people. Yes. As are um,
1: films and TV shows. I mean we we go to the movies to be manipulated, right?
0: Exactly, <laughs> to have our emotions manipulated to be you know we get all excited, we get really sad, we cry, we you know we experience this roller coaster of emotions while literally doing nothing, you know. Yeah. And and so the the whole film industry is about manipulating people and yeah. if you understand that as an actor and you go into your audition and you can manipulate the casting directors, the directors, that, then they're like, okay, you belong in this. We see it, we felt it. We felt that emotion that you wanted us to feel.
1: Yeah. And
0: that's, that's really what it's about. And I love that you always have the psychology behind why we do things.
1: Yeah. It's mostly just because I get frustrated when I don't understand something. So I, I've always done that. I just go, well, I, this makes no sense to me. And I get frustrated and I go and I dig. And I dig, and generally speaking, when you find something like that, one of these gems, it is uh, cross-disciplinary, meaning it's it's universal. So these kind of psychologies are in advertising, but they're in other things in the world too. And you know, if you want to take people on a journey, um, you know, tell tell them a little bit about your story before you start, or. Uh, but there's, there's universal, uh, universalities, and once you find those universalities, those commonalities, generally you'll find that there aren't exceptions to them, that they fit generally every time. And so, um, and when they don't, then you get frustrated and you go dig and figure out why.
0: Figure out why. Yeah. Okay, so why doesn't this exactly? exactly.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, there are commercials. So for example, you may go into a commercial and you go like, you know, this doesn't really fit operant conditioning that well like there's they're missing this last element or um it's classical conditioning but it's not really strong feelings about the product and it's not that the this formula is wrong it's that they're not using good psychology in their advertising they've just written it weak and a lot of times you'll find out that those commercials just don't do well or they don't air at all Good point.
0: No, well. But the principle still, the principle still stands when you right. apply the principles, you go into your audition, you have your button, you have your, you understand what emotions, because I know Merrick has gotten commercials before and, you know, I'll, I'll read with him and I'm like, this makes no sense at all. Why are you saying this? This is so stupid. <laughs> yeah. And then later you see it air and you're like, oh, okay. I get it. That's, that's kind of funny.
1: Yeah. That's why this, <laughs> that's why I created is as, as a structure. So this is literally something that you can plug into. Like, you could like flip this up and go like, okay, is there a problem? And sometimes that's something you like, what is the problem? Um, And, you know, sometimes, for example, uh, in this commercial too, since Fred is talking directly to the camera, the people in the audience can also be considered one of the people in the commercial. So the person in the audience is also the person that needs help. Right. So it's kind of split between the, the girl and the people watching the commercial. And so you can think about it that way too. Like, okay, so I, if I'm Fred, I'm helping the people in the audience as much as I'm helping her.
0: Right. Know? I want you to know yeah, exactly. as well. As <laughs> right.
1: And that can, sometimes the, the operant conditioning model, sometimes there isn't a girl there. It's, but it's just like, can't find a dentist. They're talking to you. In which case it, it's still the operant conditioning model because the audience member is a part of it and it completes the, the checklist.
0: Complete checklist.
1: But it makes, like, I just, the, the thing about this is uh, there was one commercial I did, um, and I tried to fit it into this model. It was for uh, uh, a power company in Texas. And it was this guy who was like, you know, and I got my thing from what, when I got his, when I became assistant store manager, I really learned about power. You know, and, uh, and, I, and he talks about, like, I've got all these tools where I can control my utilities and, you know, meter my whatever and all this stuff, you know, and then at the end, there's a girl mopping the background. He's like, you missed a spot. <laughs> but I'm reading, the t- I'm reading the, the commercial, I'm like, it's, he's not helping anybody. He's not, he's, I mean, he's an idiot. What if that, and I kept, by trying to fit this into the model, I'm like, what are they selling and how are they selling it? And by trying to force it in this model, it finally dawned on me that the commercial was basically, I know you think doing the internet stuff with your bills is hard, but this idiot can do it. So you probably can too. And I I went into the audition and I did it. And the guy was like, oh my God, you get it. (laughs) Like, yeah. He's like, hang on. And he ran out of the, ran down the hall and then he ran back and he goes, okay, do it again. And this time, and he said something. I don't even know what he was saying. And he was, you know what I mean? I was like, no. And he goes, hey, yeah, you do. Go ahead. <laughs> and I did it again. He was like, great. And I guess he had run down to tell the casting director to, to watch the monitor. Um, and then it was right before Thanksgiving. And I was in, I was out of town. I was up in Washington. And I get a phone call. They're like, you have a call back. I'm like, I'm not there. And they're like, what? I was like, it's the day after Thanksgiving or whatever. And they're like, well, okay, when do you get back? And I said I get back on whatever, and then they call and said, "When does your plane land?" And this was after the callback, and I was like at like four, maybe I could be there by seven. She like, "Okay, hang on." And she called back and was, "Never mind, they booked you." I know you missed the <laughs> callback, but they just booked you, and I was the like,
0: "Callback was too much of a trouble for them."
1: Yeah, well, they were, I think what it is, is they got a callback, and again, they had this issue that people couldn't figure out how they were selling it, and so they eventually just like, "Well, what about that last guy?" And they just, you know, they saw the first tape again, and it was like, that's it, he's got it. Just it. So yeah, that was one of those, where it could have gone badly wrong and I could have missed it all, but um, yeah, having a formula to plug it into, even when it doesn't quite fit the formula, it gives you a template to understand what's happening anyway. So it's, it's very helpful.
0: Well, and I think that's another key that you said that you just kind of breezed over. But you said you read it and you read it. You couldn't figure it out. You kept trying to plug it in. You couldn't figure it out and you kept working on it. I think that a lot of times what happens is actors read it and they're like, I don't know. And they just say their lines. They don't do that extra step of figuring it out, taking the time to dissect it and cut it apart. And, you know, clearly Merrick trained under you because he... (laughs) He will spend so much time, you know, digging apart, you know, the script and the character and really like coming at it from this angle and that angle and then read it out loud with me Peggy and oh you know what about this and you know, and so clearly you know he he did uh, learn when he trained under you, Um, but it it, it fascinates me when I'm talking to other people or, you know, clearly I don't do a lot of it now, but I used to do a lot of self tapes for people. People would come in here and I'm used to, you know, Merrick really being ready for an audition and people come in and they're not even off book and they've maybe not even looked at it and they're like putting it on tape and sending it in. And I'm like, wow, like this is literally your job is to audition, that's literally your job. And you're like, okay. So the
1: way I frame this is, every bad decision you've ever made in your life is due to a colossal loss of perspective. Uh, like, remember that person you went out with? And at the time, all your friends were like, why are you going out? And you were like, no, you just don't know. And now you look back and you're like, what was I thinking, right?
0: Yeah, I married <laughs> him. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, so, so what happens Clearly is he's
0: is gone now. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't know me and oh, yeah, just okay. popped so, into that.
1: So what it is, is that you, it's, you, you can't see the forest for the trees, you know? Exactly. And so the problem with actors is so perspective, if you go from, if you start at a broad perspective, you can go to the details very quickly and easily. It takes no time and no effort, but if you start deep in the details, it takes time or multiple points of view to get you back up to the place of being able to see the gestalt of it, of what's really happening. And so the problem is that most actors, when they pick up a script, whether it's for commercials or for film or TV, they go, I'm playing George or I'm playing Alice. And they just go flip, 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 flip Alice. Now, how should I say that line? And now you're, I'm sorry, you're, you're, you're bad. You're going to be bad. Unless you get somebody with perspective, like, like you, you know, Merrick comes to you and says, run this with me. And then right. what do you think's happening? And you talk it out, it'll help you back it back out. But what I tell people to do is start with the broadest possible perspective before you look at the words. Now, I take this a couple of steps further than most people, but the, 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 if you want to take one step back, um, one of the things I get actors to do is go look, if I was the producer and you're the director and you're going to shoot this thing and I come to you and I go, you know what? I don't have the money to pay for this. I don't want to have to pay for this character. I don't want to pay the actor. I don't want to pay his residuals for the next 20 years. I don't want to have to pay the costume person, but so I don't have to feed him lunch. I don't want to have to PA follow him around because as soon as he goes into acting mode, his IQ is going to drop 50 points and it lost every five minutes. Like, I don't want to go through all that. Can I just cut the scene? And as you as a director, you have to be able to justify why it can't be cut because they've written 50 drafts of this thing And they either added it later or it was in there. And every time they went to cut, they left it in. So it's there for a reason, it serves a purpose. And if you understand what the purpose is, you're already approaching the material from a different level. And then you realize like the lines aren't what's important. What's important is what's happening here. And seeing and hearing and experiencing that, or sometimes you're a smaller role, reflecting to the main character what's wrong and what's wrong with what they're saying or what's wrong with what they're doing or what's wrong that's coming and that's gonna to happen to them soon or whatever. So that's an important step to take that step back. And that's why I say, if you're going to get your sides and you go to Sides Express or Show Facts, download every other set of sides that are attached to that and read all the other sets of sides first and then read yours because you'll get a lot of different references of things and you'll see how it fits in after you've read all the other stuff. And then the next level of perspective is, uh, you know, any actor that's ever been to an audition, you know, like I always ask actors, like, why do you do this? And I, and they, the response is always, you know, because I love it, because it's fun, it's a chance to, you know, live other lives and you know experience things and you know get away from the real world. And and I'm like how many times you've gone into a lobby and looked around at other actors and said, wow, these people are having fun. They look like they're gonna have such a great experience. <laughs> they all look like they're about to be executed and they look like you know the government's forcing them to do this and so that loss of perspective is one of the reasons why nine out of ten actors go through the door are bad and so i get actors before you pick up the script don't forget why you're an actor you know like what kind of actor do you want to be you want to be dangerous okay remember that before you read the script and then go to your lines right and the last level of perspective the widest one is why are you here on this planet and, you know, we get so wrapped up. I mean, you, you, you weren't even sent here to be an actor. An actor's a vehicle, <laughs> it's not your purpose. And so it supports what it is you're here to do, but you need to know why you're here. And when I first had this epiphany, I remember, um, you know, I, I put on this jacket, um, you know, mantra, mission statement of like, I want to affect people in a positive way, which ended up being a little burdensome And I had to evolve it a little bit. (laughs) So I went into one of this first audition and I I was just focused on the session rudder. And I was like, how are you doing? Hey, what's up? What's going on? Yeah, really? Okay, cool. We talked for like 10, 15 minutes. And then he was like, oh my God, wait, I got people in the lobby waiting. (laughs) We got to put you on tape. Put it on tape. He's like, great. And I ended up booking booking that, you know, and it was when things really turned in the commercial world and I started booking back to back. And there's a great way to find out the mission um, if you don't have a sense of it. And what you do is you just send yourself into the future. um, Put yourself on your deathbed. You're 105, you know, and there's people around you. They're your family. And, you know, maybe they're crying. You just, you, you, you say this, you don't need to be sad. My life was perfect because I, and then you finish the sentence. And that'll help you find it and if you can have that in your mind before you flip the script over and start reading it it makes a really big difference in the perspective that you have on it
0: so i feel like i'm going to therapy acting school and
1: yeah it's kind of like that
0: i um um our 16 almost 17 year old took classes from you when, what were they like 12? Does that sound about right? Yeah. 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Somewhere in there. And I said that that was the best money I've ever spent in my life because they got therapy. They got acting classes. I, they got the whole thing all in one spot. And, uh, I, I tell people every time they're like, I'm, I'm looking for an actor, Acting teacher that can really, you know, I'm like call Billy, call mm-hmm. Billy. I'm always like messaging you on on uh, Facebook with people like talk to them, talk to them. um mm-hmm. But well,
1: disclaimer, disclaimer, I am not a therapist. I, I- a
0: therapist.
1: <laughs> <They're> very clear. <laughs> I, I
0: you might be, you might not be a licensed yeah. therapist. More maybe life coach yeah maybe you know, maybe
1: there's something there's a there's a something that it I started a master's degree and in, in uh psychology a couple years back because I wanted to fill in a couple gaps um and you know I, I had a, some really strong ideas about uh this thing that was happening uh, with multiple personality you know it's not it's not a disorder anymore unless you're disassociative so we all have multiple personalities and I knew that there was a parallel to this with creating characters. Because I noticed that you could trace back people's different personalities to a specific age. And that you know, and once you understood that age, you knew whatever the event was that caused them to split. And it's the same thing with characters. So one of the things I got really wrapped up in was Gestalt psychology and Franz Pearls because he deals with personality fragmentation and the causes of it and stuff. Um, uh, So, Uh, I started doing this thing called personality mapping where literally we sit down and take you through all of the different personalities that you have. And then I reintegrate you. um, So you feel like what it's like to be you again. Uh, And then also realize like, okay, we also then at that point, you know, well, I've got 10 different personalities here. Any of which could be potentially a character that I'm going to play or very close to a character that I'm going to play. So I don't need to build one because I got one that's like 25 years old. I've got, I'm not going to get much in you know, a week That i not as much as I'm going to get it from 25 years. Um, and then, uh, but also how character is formed. Like if you're really truly creating a character, there's a point where you have to overwhelm yourself psychologically, having the world be so vivid and compelling to you and believing so deeply that it's happening to you that you will fragment and create another personality and that's why you see actors like, um, you know, like you watch them inside the actor studio and they go show me Lenny. And they'll just go right into, you know, some character from 30 years ago because it's now part of their personality. And integrating is really important because, you know, if you don't integrate, you can get kind of, you know, Heath Ledger, you know, where you, you don't know what's going on and why you can't sleep at night. And um, so it, it can be dangerous, which is why I think it was important to understand the psychology behind it first um, and another thing we do is we will find that one personality that's really, uh, courageous and strong, um, and, and doesn't care about what other people think so much. Um, uh, we usually call it, uh, a <laughs> honey badger. <laughs> it's like, we got to find your honey badger, uh, because honey badger doesn't care, right? <laughs> that's the mild version of it. So, um. So that people can have and go like, okay, you're going in for a meeting with an agent. You got to go like, turn, let's get honey badger. You know, turn honey badger and let him go to the do the interview. Um, so that part of the psychology has been utterly fascinating. I didn't end up enough t- with enough time to f- complete a master's, and I realized that if I ended up getting licensed for that, it was so limiting. You know, like I was like, am I never going to be able to tell anybody to do anything anymore? <laughs> like, like, people are going be studying with you 30 years before they go like, should I try this? Yeah. Um, so I, it was kind of limiting. And I thought, you know, I, I understand a lot of this stuff now, but I want to be able to tell people like, stop moving your eyebrows. <laughs> you look insecure. <laughs> like stop pounding nails with your head when you're listening. Just stay still. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the psychology of it is fascinating. And the more I do it, the, the, the more fun that part is and um like i'm watching shows now too the manipulations that they use and um I, you see so much like, like i was watching this one series and i'm like wow so, like two or three of the characters are literally narcissistic personality disorder they're totally detached you know doing 180s like borderline and i it's fun to to pick it apart and be like wow this is this is it's really real that's kind of what they're like so but- how how about all that
0: well you know i think i think you're right though if you were to be licensed and certified then you wouldn't be able to you know just tell people to do stuff because yeah. you then you would be held accountable on a medical so i think you're at the perfect level that you can still tell people what to do yeah, without me, yeah. and easily say i'm not a, am not a medical professional
1: and I'm i I'm there's none i'm not I mean, I keep everything in confidence, but I'm not required to keep everything in confidence. So, just because um, you're
0: too scared to tell people that you know these things about other people. It's gotta <laughs> be in confidence.
1: <laughs> well, like there are instances where I'll be like, I, I shoot video of doing the personality mapping. And sometimes it will be like, hey, can I have your permission to show this to other people so that they can see like the, you know, the epiphanies that you're having through this process, you know, just as a teaching tool. Some people say yes and some people say no. And then I just, so I don't use anything. What well, they yeah. say now. Um, but yeah, it's amazing, like you people trace stuff back to their childhood and every all the little events in their life that created who they are today. And they can turn them on in a second. Like literally like become that sad little girl or that fiery, raging, you know, animal that they found when their their mom and dad got divorced when they were 15. And, you know, when they get mad, they feel 15, you know, that's funny. it's, 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 a, it's an extraordinary process.
0: I've kind of been dabbling in some of that with my, my health coach, because I have a chronic pain issue and she's really believes that all of all, all chronic issues relate back to traumatic instances, you know, mm-hmm. times in your life. So that's really the whole psychology of how our bodies work and the memory that you know every cell in our body has is, it's really, it's really phenomenal. And mm-hmm. to take all that knowledge and say, hey, this is real, this is what it works, apply it to becoming a phenomenal actor is, I just think that you have such a, an amazing way of looking at this and using science and psychology to get what you need you know, to be a, a working, successful actor. I mean, to have as many, I, I, I just, I would love to know the number of commercials that you've had in the last 10 years. It's, you know, you've just, you, I see you everywhere all the time. I'm like, I know him. I, I know him. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, it's, you know,
1: uh, um, I'm reading a book right now called range. It's, there's this, uh, there's this thing that's always bothered me and it bothers a lot of actors. And it's because uh, a lot of us feel like we're uh, a jack of all trades and master at none. And there's a, that feeling of, ah, uh, why can't I just be really good at one thing? But, I, but then I want to go ride and I want to direct and I want to, but I really love animals and I just, uh, and I just love psychology whatever. So but what they've discovered over time is that people that have that wide range tend to be pe- the people that make the biggest mark. And so as painful it is, is as it is to be that jack of all trades, like headshot photographer, podcaster, interviewer, <laughs> you know, partial acting coach, I'm sure with Merrick, uh, mother, like it's the ability to understand cross, discipline, cross disciplines, uh-huh. generally allow you to take leaps that other people don't even un- understand when they're specialists, because they're so specialized. So they found kids that, like, if they, when you if you st- instead of giving them like, learn the piano and just focus on the piano, the piano, 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 piano. If you go like, we're gonna study the piano, but we're also gonna study guitar. And you're not gonna, have, you don't have to master anything, just, okay, and then I want you to play the clarinet. That there's a tendency for those people to be the ones that like are master band, guys in bands or, or girls in that do music that they're they're not just like technically proficient, but they bring something to it that's beyond that. You know, the, the kind of jazz element, the, loudest, the ability to freestyle, and understand that like I'm going to play this clarinet like a piano, and nobody's ever heard that before, or I'm going to play yeah. the piano like a guitar in a way that people, you know. And so, um, it 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 should be comforting to you rather than traumatizing that you are a jack, jack of all trades. Because I find the psychology and the writing, and you know, directing and acting, they all cross-reference, and other stuff in my life like working on houses and remodeling. That stuff comes up all the time, and you know, like I play an electrician, you know, and, and um, you have those blackish, yeah. And I'm like, oh look, oh it's an arc fault circuit interrupter. I know what that is.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, the, that's that's the one step above GFI, which is the ground fault interrupter. So uh, yeah, you like finally say like, oh yeah and I, you know I go and I look at their, the board that the art guys did I'm like I've never seen any electrician do a board like this this is like a piece of art
0: you know <laughs> Yeah it's I always tell actors to live a full life like do things learn things because the more the more experience you have the more if you understand what the dp does and if you understand what the director does and if you understand then you understand why they're asking you to do what they're asking you to do. So instinctually you can be like, oh, they're going to want me over here because I see the cameras there. I see the lights are here. They're going to need me to come in here. And you're just going to understand instead of like, why would they want me to, you know, and, and, and kind of push back and, you know, make, make the project more difficult. The more you understand life in general, the easier it is to, oh, that broke. So that's, you know, I know what that feels like. Let's fix that. And this is what, what I would do if this broke and, you know, different. And I that think that person is
1: broken. Yeah. <laughs> that person in front of me is broken. What's going on?
0: What do I do? And to me, that just seems logical. And uh, I like that you, um, a lot of things I just, to me, just seems like it makes sense. You articulate. And, and yeah. I think that uh, is why I like you so much because it's like, yeah, what he said. That's what I've been t- trying to say but didn't have the right words. Do what he says.
1: That's very flattering. <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> so, but yeah. Well, well, this, I, well, I think... Oh, go ahead.
1: Um, I have class coming up in a, in a little bit. So yeah, gonna... I was
0: going to tell you that we should probably... We probably got more than anybody bargained for. They got they got a whole less on lesson on booking commercials and we hung out. So... <laughs> where can they find you? I'm going to put all the links, um, in the description below. Um, you do, um, coach, you are an acting coach. You have lots of stuff going on. Um, you are on social media, kind (laughs) of, I
1: don't, I've been resistant to it because it's, uh, another gestalt thing is, uh, excitement in the absence of support is anxiety and, Facebook has this way of not giving you feedback right away. And so that tends to create anxiety, which I'm sure a lot of people have noticed they get anxious when they're on Facebook too much. Um, so that's why. I, so I limit myself to check in, see if there's messages and I hop back out. But they can always go to wcistudios.com and there are links they can click on that'll send messages to me if you wanna try a free class. I, am, I have students in New York, I have students in Germany, I have students in Texas now because of Zoom. So it doesn't really matter where you are. Just time changes a lot sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's early morning for me, and you know it's eleven o'clock at night in Germany. Or, uh, and so we just work that out and make it make it happen. But uh, yeah, and uh, email me or call the phone number, and uh, we'll we'll I'll do what I can to help you.
0: Billy, thanks so much. This has Thank been you. so much fun. Thank
1: you for doing this. I, you know, I can't wait till,
0: I can't wait till we can be in the same room. And I think that's coming up soon. So, (laughs) um, but make sure you guys share this with everyone that, you know, because Billy, you dropped some treasures today. This was some really, really good stuff. So share this with everyone. Leave us tons of comments, but most importantly, have an amazing week. I'll see you next week. Bye
1: guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: Text or call today so that we can get you effective headshots that you can use as part of your marketing strategy. Headshots by Peggy, how can I help you?